On today's show, the NCAA tournament is upon us, and we take a look at the tournament's top NBA draft prospects, including which players have the most to gain with a big tournament run. It's all coming up next on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily podcast on the NBA. However you may be tuning in, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Matas and Raphael Barlow from the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast and Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. We're here to look at the best and most interesting NBA draft prospects in the NCAA tournament. And we'll also take a look at some of the biggest games of the weekend. But let's start with tonight's games with Auburn taking on Jacksonville State and Duke playing uh, CSU Fullerton. Both are led by top bigs Jabari Smith and Paolo Banchero. Which uh, of their tournament performances, Raphael, intrigues you the most? Oh, that's that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think either way, both have solidified themselves as top three. I mean, that's a very, very worst. One of them will fall to four. So I don't know if mm-hmm. having a strong or bad tournament is going to impact their um, their, their play. But um, I, I'd have to say, I have to say Palo. I mean, I think a lot of people are, are very interested in, I think a lot of people are interested to see where, where he, he'll be selected. I think that I have a number one. Some may have number three, maybe number four. They have um, Jaden Ivey ahead of him. But I, I would say Paolo. If he has a bad showing, then I think he could maybe fall to three or four. I got one of my first questions for you, Raphael, is just how do you say his last name? I feel like we always get this wrong until a guy gets to the league. But is it Ben Carroll or Ben Chero? I think it's Ben Carroll. I ben started Carol. off saying Ben Carroll, and then oh, I think sick. when I started watching the game, they all said Ben Carroll. But don't feel bad. I <laughs> I get some of these guys' names wrong all the time. And sometimes I even have to, especially for foreign players, I've kind of made a name for myself knowing the international players. I have to try to, you know, uh, go to like, Google and, and figure out how to right. say it phonetically and all that. But I think I'm almost certain it's Van Carroll. It'll take it'll take three years for most guys in the NBA to like most of the broadcasters sure. to figure it out. Just like yeah, Giannis, they still just took it, it and then they'll make jokes well, even about if you, it. If you then... go back and see some of the old Jordan, in, you know, uh, at Carolina tape, yeah. he was Mike Jordan yeah. in college. Yeah. So it's always yeah. funny. Um, who can you compare those games to? Of a Ben Caro, of a Jabari? Um, what what can people expect? Uh, people that listen to this show, I mean, I, I imagine if they are listening to this show, they're mostly tuned into the NBA. Might have not might might not have watched a minute of either of these guys yet this season. Yeah, so with, with Ben Carroll, there's a little bit of Julius Randle there. There's some Carmelo comparisons because he he loves the the pull up jumper. Yeah. And as far as like the Julius Randle comparison, I think just because they're both big, you know, strong, physical guys. They can handle the ball. Um, ben Carroll is a, a, a good passer, like like Julius, so he can play a little bit of that point forward if you need him to. I think Ben Carroll has more game in the post than Randall. He's more visually pleasing. I, I just think Julius Randall has one of the most unvisually pleasing games in, in the NBA. It's like I'm going left and I'm going left, yeah. and if I can't, I'll go right, and then I'm coming back left, and I'm just going to play bully ball. So I think Ben Carroll has a little bit more finesse 
but he does have a little bit of the Carmelo face-up pull-up jumper game. But as far as like being a, a ball handler, I don't think he's really been able to showcase all of his ball handling and passing. Now Jabari, when I first uh, when I first started watching his film, I compared him to Channing Frye because all he did was shoot threes when I watched mm-hmm. AAU games. And I wasn't really high on him. I thought, okay, this is a guy that's 6'10", he's athletic, but he's just allergic to the paint and doesn't really do anything else. And then he's gotten better to the point where I started comparing him to Chris Bosh, maybe like a more so of a three-point shooting Chris Bosh. And then when I took a deeper dive into watching his film, the way he's shooting threes, coming off of pin downs and, and moving plays, and then it's, it's such a tough comparison, but he doesn't have Durant's handle. like He doesn't have the offensive creativity off the dribble. But the way he's moving, shooting threes at his size, there is some Durant in his game. And I think, you know, I don't even think, I mean, of course the game has changed and three-point shooting is a lot different now than it was when Durant was in school. But, I mean, KD didn't have these type of three-point numbers when he was at Texas. So I can see that. And then I guess if there's a middle between Kevin Durant and Chris Bosh, it would be Rashard Lewis. So I guess you can throw some of that in there. Mm. But if he can continue to develop into the post, he does have some now he has like this high arcing turnaround jumper that's kind of like a little bit of LaMarcus Aldridge in it. So, I mean, he's all the guys that I've thrown out there have had, had really good careers and had million dollar contracts. So, he's on pace. Yeah, this guy sounds like a Hall of Famer, like ready to go. <laughs> you had well, me at Chris Bosch, and then you started throwing Kevin Durant and LaMarcus Aldridge. The thing out about there. a player like that, because I say this about Michael Porter all the time, who's 6'10, 6'11, with a great shot. I think maybe, you know, age for age, maybe a better three point shot than, than Kevin Durant had. But it is that handle and that all-around game that makes Kevin Durant Kevin Durant because we're starting to see taller and taller of these these spot-up shooters I haven't seen Jabari that you know that much I've seen him a little bit less than than most of these other guys but I mean is is that his number one thing is he's just going to be a volume three-point shooter at six foot ten yeah and that's why the Bosch comparisons it'll be like a more so of a three-point shooting Bosch Bosch did start shooting threes towards the end of his career in Miami but the game has changed so you'll see a lot of volume but yeah, the thing about Durant is he's a natural guard. The yep. way he moves and handles is he's not a big that can handle the ball. He's like a guard that just happens right. to be seven foot. So, you know, comparing anybody to KD is kind of, you know, you can, it's kind of risky because you set the start, the, the standards too high. Here's a question I have for you about if we, t- we haven't talked about Chet Holmgren, but I know he's one of the like three guys mentioned as a number one along with yep. Jabari and, and Paolo. Which one of those guys is required to do more for their team in the tournament? Meaning, which which guy has the mm-hmm. most on their shoulders to carry their team? Wow. You know what? That's a good question I haven't thought of because, you know, Chet has Drew Timmy, who is an All-American, who is, you know, coming into the season, you can say he's arguably the best college basketball player in, in the nation. Um Paolo has five or four players on his team that could also be selected in the first round. Wow. And then Jabari has, and I want his name is Walker Kessler. I always get it mixed up. Kessler Walker. I mean, right, he has right. two last names. And he's like, I mean, he's <laughs> he's been an all American himself, SEC defensive player of the year. I mean, he like led the nation in defensive box minus. So they all have help around them, but I guess I would say if Jabari has an off night, it probably impacts Auburn more. I think Duke has the talent to where Paolo can have an off night. And then with uh, Gonzaga, they, you know, 
Drew Timmy can score 30 right, or 40 right. if, if they need him to. So I, I'd have to say Jabari. So you've got basically at the top of this draft three big men, and it sounds like all of them are a little <laughs> bit different, right? Very different, different, right? Chet Holmgren is maybe a little bit more defensive leaning, even though he can obviously do some things on the offensive end. You got Jabari, who's more of like kind of a volume three point shooter and all these things. Everything we, we already talked about, Paolo. I mean, this is this is a pretty interesting draft for that reason, right? Yeah, very interesting. You know, everybody's talking about the big man is is you know who's going to waste their draft picks on a big and it's funny i read an article i was doing a podcast i read an article and i went all the way back to 1985 and there was a sports illustrated cover it's like where are all the centers in the league and so they were talking about and this is an era that had like ewing yeah. elijah on talking about the centers in the league are, are dead and that was because centers didn't average 18 rebounds like they did in the 70s and so we've seen that in recent years why waste the number one pick on a center? A center or a big is not going to win you a championship. And in my opinion, even though they're all probably going to start games at the four, I think when teams go small in closing lineups, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Chet, Paolo, and Jabari play five in the NBA. So they talk about the center position. I mean, it's just kind Look, of evolved. It's a little bit like the Evan Mobley thing too, right? Because he's yeah. playing next to Jared Allen. Where would... I don't know if this is an impossible question for you to answer, but where would Evan Mobley rank in if you were to put Evan Mobley in this draft when when he was coming out of USC, right? Obviously, not what, everything we know about him in Cleveland now. Yeah. If you put all those four guys in this draft, where would Evan Mobley rank? Oh man, <laughs> and not knowing what I know now, I I mean I think he would be in the top five, but I think it would be a debate just wow. like it was last year, just because. Mm -hmm. I mean, even now, people are saying that some people still believe Cade has a higher upside than, than Evan. I mean, that's that's a good thing for the NBA to have is, you know, two guys that are going to be really good and, and, you know, they're going to be compared to each other for years. Um, you know, I just think with the allure of the three-point shot, I think some people would still take Jabari because with, with mm. Evan last year, it was a lot of talk about, oh, he's going to develop into a really good three-point shooter and two-way player. Well, Jabari is that and some. I mean, he's a 40% plus 40% shooter from three on a high volume of attempts. So, and I think Evan Mobley's success has made people feel like Jabari is the best player in this draft because he combines the versatility on defense and the shooting. And he's not 195 pounds. I think if Chet was 220, he'd probably be a lock to go For sure. More. All right, well, we're going to take a look at some of the prospects who have the most to gain in this upcoming tournament. But first, we're going to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. It is that time of year again. It is college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. And from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Rafael, when you look at the bracket, um, which prospects have the most to gain with a big tournament run this year, do you think? 
Ooh, I'd say, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys that could, that could gain some ground. I mean, because after you get past, I think like the top four, then I think maybe between picks five through 10 are all interchangeable. And then I think that 15 through 35 are all, I mean, it's, it's kind of jumbled in there. Like there's somebody that can go 16 or if they fall to 33, I wouldn't be shocked. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys that would need a, a big tournament. I'd say, for example, like a guy like Johnny Davis, even though I think that he is has a spot in the top 10 or maybe the, the first half of the lottery, and he is coming off an injury, so that could, I don't want to say help him, but right. if he has a, a, a rough tournament, then I think he could slide because he has a game that, in my opinion, is more suited for the 90s NBA, doesn't really shoot a lot mm. of threes, kind of a reluctant shooter. It's only shooting like 31% from three, but his game is like your, you know, your two guard from 1995. He likes to play isolation ball. He relies heavily on contested mid-range shots. And uh, even though he is very aggressive, gets to the foul line, he's a good cutter. There are some concerns about his mm. fit. So let's say, you know, they end up matching up against LSU. LSU has two really good wing defenders and he has an awful showing. That may be able to hurt him. But as far as guys that were... Like Kennedy Chandler, me and Chad Ford had talked about that. He's a point guard from Tennessee. He's coming on strong lately. If he has a good tournament and Tennessee makes a long run, then I think he could be in the discussion as a lottery pick. Um, uh, Tari Eason from LSU. LSU has some problems right now. This just fired their coach. But he's like this wing that plays a little bit of center he can play three four and five he's he's skilled a, a good defensive player i think if he has a really good tournament then you know it could put him in into the lottery christian brown from kansas is a guy that his first two years all he did was shoot threes and then this year he's developing to like this swiss army knife he rebounds defends he's like attacking the rim it's like he's turned into a totally different player from three-point specialist to finisher at the rim of uh, Kansas, who's the number one seed, has a deep playoff or a deep tournament run. You can see his stock go up. So, I mean, there's quite a few guys. And the yeah. thing about this draft is so fluid that, you know, it's kind of like the Davion Mitchell thing, right? I mean, last year he had this huge uh, tournament run and the Sacramento Kings fall in love with him and they take him high up in the lottery, even higher than what I think a lot of people had him even after the tournament run too. I mean, you see this all the time. I mean, Adam, I remember yeah. growing up, my guy was Carmelo Anthony, you know, he leads Syracuse to the national championship and everybody had him near the top of that draft, but he was sort of the talk. And then do you remember, like there was a little bit of conversation like, well, do you want to take Carmelo over LeBron? I mean, that was sort of, <laughs> I, I don't like, remember that talk. as somebody who here in Denver had the third pick. I, I just remember <laughs> thinking he was going to go two, and then he went three. So, yeah. so that was all surprise, right. but I, I don't remember the LeBron talk, but along these lines a little bit, Raphael, you were, you were talking about how, all these bigs are at the top now. And maybe this is the era where we're swinging back. The MVP candidates are bigs. The thing that I think yeah. is actually becoming the market at efficiency is true point guards. This is the era of point guards, but they are in the Kyrie, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard mold. Pick and roll scorers who could do a little bit of everything. I wonder if the Mike Conley, Chris Paul mold is now becoming a rarity that's also very valuable. Are there any true point guard prospects in this class that are along the Chris Paul or Mike Conley molds? I don't think so. No, I don't. I mean, Chris Paul could score sure. 30 if he, if you needed him to. He just – that's not his, his mindset. I mean, I've even seen teams try to make that their game plan is uh, make him score as opposed to 
a distributor. No, I mean, I just think all of these kids, I mean, I, I don't like calling them kids, but they grew up watching Dan right. Millard and, and, and Steph Curry. Yeah. And so you, you want to score. Um, but there are some guys that can, you know, balance it out. But I think most of them are wired to score first and then distribute second. I'm so interested What's, by that, even Wes, that? just because, I mean, we saw the impact Chris Paul has had on the Phoenix Suns, really tying them together and making them the, the favorite and I'm just, it's just interesting to me how few young, I mean, if you think about all your traditional point guards, Kyle Lowry and Mike Conley and Chris, they're all old. I don't know who the youngest yeah. true yeah. point guard is in the NBA. All of your dynamic ones are Ja Morant or, you know, these scorer types. Yeah. I was just going to say, Ja is sort of the young stud, like the guy that's sort of this guy, like the, the, eight, the same age of these sort of players coming up. And yeah. he's just out there dunking. And I don't know if it's, I think it's definitely part watching Dame and Steph and these guys uh, when you're kind of coming up. But it's also sort of the AAU culture, I think, the House of Highlights kind of OTE culture, too, where you're not really getting on, like, Instagram if <laughs> you're point you know, with, with, yeah. with just <laughs> as, as managing yeah, the game, yeah. right? Like, you need to have those Ja Morant dunks or those Steph Curry 30-footers. I, I, I think or, that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say maybe LaMelo, but again, and even like a Josh right. Giddy, but they're both six seven, yep. six eight, and they still have those House of Highlight right. passes or, you know, just the creativity as playmakers. Maybe that's the evolution yeah, I mean, of it. Um, if everybody, well, like, if, if people yeah. like we were talking about with KD and what you were just talking about with Jokic, I mean, if everybody's going to have these skills, but they're just bigger now, well, I, I mean, is there anybody in this draft that's sort of in that LaMelo Giddy type of mold? No, not like that I can. Not that I. I mean, there is a guy in, in Italy, Matteo Spaniolo, okay. who's who has a little bit of that. But I mean, he does have some offensive creativity. But no, I mean, and, and nobody even likes then, passing like, I think in this be, Well, I, here's an example. Sure. Monty Morris is like that mold, right? And he had a great career at Iowa State, and because. I mean, I guess his name or his game isn't sexy. I mean, I, I think he was undrafted. He, I'm he not went mistaken. 51st. He was he drafted. Was 51st. He was like, yeah, very yeah. end of the draft. And I mean, he's definitely outplayed his position. <laughs> he's going to have at least a 10 year sure. career. <laughs> and he has the best, one of the most team friendly contracts in the NBA. But even then, all of that has worked against him from his contract mm -hmm. where he was drafted because he doesn't have that sexiness. But I knew at Iowa State, he was the guy that just did not turn the ball over. He took care of the ball. So um, there's What's interesting to me, though, Rafael, because I'm a Denver guy, obviously, so I'm mm -hmm. covering Monte very closely, is that he's almost gone from a traditional point guard prospect to more of a pick-and-roll point guard type mold. Yeah. I mean, he still obviously doesn't turn the ball over, this or that, but most of what he's doing is pick-and-roll hit the roll guy or pull up from the mid-range, which is, again, this new mold of point guard. And my theory on it is I don't think the NBA teams have the patience. To become a Chris Paul, you have to be a super high IQ player but also have to go through the PhD course at the NBA level. And I just don't know how many teams want to spend four years saying, hey, we're slowly going to teach you how to point guard, not just how to hit the mid-range pull up. Yeah, I just think that now, I mean – it's and I've had this conversation with Chad. I mean, you're seeing guys that were drafted averaging like four or five points a game, and everybody's just like, okay, we're we're gonna go on upside, right? And then yeah. it's like, if the guy's on a bad team and he doesn't develop, okay, well, there's another one, right? Two years, right. Two years down the road, so um, teams aren't really, I don't know. It's like some some cases you say they're not being impatient, but then sometimes you're just like. They drafted a guy knowing that he had just great physical tools, yeah. <laughs> and that's all they went off of. Yeah.
Um, all right, let's take a look at some of the most watchable teams in the tournament next. But first, let's talk about our friends at Athletic Greens. Uh, and this is a product that I literally use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens uh, last week when it came in the mail because uh, this it's just an easy way to sort of get all the vitamins and stuff that you're not getting when you're not eating greens for basically every meal of your day. And so I've been on this now for about a week, week and a half, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's one of these super healthy, gross things. It actually has a nice sort of mild tropical taste that I really enjoy, and I'm looking forward to uh, drinking it every single morning. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, uh, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which is a thing that I didn't know was a thing, to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery focus, your aging, all things. And you literally feel this stuff happening. You kind of, it's almost like you feel superhuman afterwards a little bit. Um, so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. It's just Athletic Greens. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance today's episode is also brought to you by built bar built bar is truly a standout among protein bars with its exceptional nutritional profile and so many delicious flavors built bar is the favorite protein bar of many discerning fitness trainers and fitness enthusiasts alike all built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate taste better than your current protein bar and are better for you and are and great for an after workout snack or some needed energy in the middle of a busy day built bars are low in calorie and carbs high in fiber and packed with protein Check out these macros. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to most protein bars, and Built Bars are a clear winner. Plus, Built Bars come in great flavors, such as mint brownie, raspberry, salted caramel, cookies and cream, and more. And new for this month is a St. Patrick's Day-themed shamrock flavor. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. And if you haven't tried the Puffs while well, you're missing out on one of Built Bars' best-tasting products, Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy and covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie flavors. Here's the offer. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off on your order. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, it's Friday, so that means we're counting down to the weekend, and today we are ranking the top five most watchable teams in the tournament. So, Rafael, instead of league pass rate rankings, we're going to call this, I don't know, madness watch rankings, something like that. We'll workshop, we'll workshop it. it. Top five most watchable teams in the tournament. Let's start with your fifth most. I'd say... I'd say Auburn. Auburn for Jabari. Even though it's it. not your your... You know your blue blood, blue blood basketball school. It's more so a football school. I mean, I think they, <laughs> I think they have, you know, obviously a guy that's a candidate to go number one, and and they, you know, I mean they were number one most of the season or a good chunk of the season, and and so I think that they're a team that they're they're pretty watchable because 
now teams are realizing or fans are realizing, okay, my team is not in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So we want the number one pick. Let's let me check out this Jabari Smith guy. Everybody's been talking and great uniforms. In all their yeah. sports, like I thought, Auburn football uniforms are the, are, are the best uniforms in college football. Are right, are right up there, definitely top three. Auburn's uniforms in basketball too; they're they're clean. I like that. Yep. Number four, I'd go with the Kansas Jayhawks. Oh, really? Okay, so now we got a blue bud. Blue wow. blood. Yeah, Kansas has two guys that are projected to be maybe even first round picks, but then they have Jalen Wilson. Then of course Kansas is. It's Kansas. It's the school of Will Chamberlain, and they have such a, a, history. a history. And then there's people that just really hate Kansas, and they want to see them fail as the number one seed. And because they are the number one seed, that usually means that, you know, they're they're not going to do as well as, you know, you know how it is. So I many people just, you know, if you're a blue blood school, you're number one, and people are are going to your fans are going to want to watch you win. But then the people that just like people in Missouri who hate Kansas are going to want to see them be upset as the number one seed um all right i'm fine with that you mentioned it was a school well i, I think it's more of a school of joel and Bede these days but um who's uh <laughs> who's number three i'd go with another school that's a blue blood school i go at kentucky okay you know it's it's the the whole calipari thing of you know he's always had the most talent but he's only won one championship despite having a gazillion top five picks. And even though this Kentucky team doesn't have a, a guy that's projected to go into the top five, and, and well, I, I guess if you consider Shaden Sharp, who hasn't even played a single game, and he's, like, practicing with the, with the team, him as, as their best player. But, I mean, this is a Kentucky team that's more so team-oriented than – than superstar oriented okay and so but kentucky has a huge fan base and they're always going to be you know uh, a team that you're going to want to watch sort of a different yeah all right so he's got i just want to point this out he's got a number one pick candidate and two of the biggest schools in all of college <laughs> basketball i want to see if there's any dark horses where's the team that's just Rafael? bombing threes that's the one yeah. I'm, 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 i got a couple for he's got two more okay. slots to fill here before i'm gonna have to ask him a couple a couple other ones number two Number two is Gonzaga. Gonzaga is okay, they're almost a blue blood now. I mean they I'm putting them in there. Yeah. I'm putting him in there. Yeah. <laughs> you gave him a blue blood. Even though they don't have like the I mean, even though the, the West Coast conference was pretty good this year, you know, it just doesn't and then on the West Coast, so I guess people don't really care too much about basketball on the West Coast. They play too late. But I mean they've been winning games. I mean, they went to the final four last year, went to the championship game and and uh they you know, have been producing talent. So I guess you can't consider them a blue blood. They have Drew Timmy, who's a guy that, you know, he might be this era's Christian Leitner in a sense, where he's been there. He's not as hated as Leitner. Don't, don't get me wrong, but he's just a been there forever. He's going to finish his college career as one of the best college players in recent memory because, you know, nowadays if you've been there too long, it kind of hurts your traps, doctors. Yep. Something right. wrong with you as an NBA prospect if you are ranked as one of the all-time leaders in your school's points, rebounds, and so on. But he's a character. I mean, sometimes he may have the Hulk Hogan mustache, so I think he has a big fan base there. Then obviously, you have Chet Holmgren, mm -hmm. who is arguably the number one pick. So I, I have to consider Gonzaga my number two. The other thing about Gonzaga, they play, a, I think, the fastest pace of any of the teams in the tournament. So, you know, up and they like to get up and down. They like to play a little quick, so... I, I could see it there. I like it. Yeah. Number one. One more spot. Let's see how bold. How bold are we going to go here? Yeah, this isn't. I'm, I'm not going on the limb on this one. It's Duke. It's Coach K's <laughs> last year. They have 
up to five guys that could be drafted in the first round. Duke is a school either you love them or you hate them. Very few people are indifferent on Duke. I mean, I even seen like when they lost to North Carolina, people making memes talking about it was nothing greater to see than Coach K lose at home to North Carolina. And so uh, I think that's going to be one of the big storylines of the tournament. And I mean, what a way to go out for Coach K if he can win a national championship in his last year. So I think that's going to be like one of the huge storylines on top of him having a projected number one pick in this draft, and maybe five guys selected in the first round. So I'm going with Duke there. Or, or not, if they get so upset far. early by some Cinderella team. What a way yes, to go out. Yes, that would be. A lot of people rooting for that, too. And then there's a, there's a Duke-Gonzaga possible matchup mm-hmm. in the Elite Eight that I think is going to be huge, and it'll be their second time playing. So that's, I mean, those two teams, and I talked to Chad about it this morning. When they meet, if they meet in the Elite Eight, we can't always get ahead of ourselves with March Madness. That game will be like just as big as 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 any Final Four game we've had in recent memory. And that game, with well, the regular season one was one of the games of the year, mm-hmm. if not the game of the year. That yeah. was a fantastic game. So definitely a repeat of that would be a welcome. So I'm looking just at some raw stats here. I don't know anything about this team. If you look at outliers in terms of offensive rating, South Dakota State sticks out, and I'm sure their competition hasn't been great. But I'm just looking at them. They're a tournament team, and they're scoring. Uh, they have a 120 offensive rating, which is quite an outlier. Jackrabbits, is there anything right? To the, are they like a three-point? Jackrabbits? Yeah, yeah, they also have like the ugliest color schemes and everything. I talk about a rough watch up visually. Uh, I don't really have anything on that. I'm just looking at some of these offensive-only teams like Iowa, Murray well, State. Well, Alabama is a team I wanted to ask about because they just launch threes, right? They take like the sixth or eighth most threes in the country, but they don't make them at a high rate either. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's one of the, and they're what, a seventh seed or something like that? Yeah. And Alabama beat, they beat Gonzaga in, I mean, technically wasn't a home game, but it was a game in Seattle at Key Arena. And they can get right. hot. I mean, they have a, a guy that doesn't even start for them that is a first round NBA prospect. And Alabama's fun to watch. They get up and down, they run. Um, San Diego, um, South Dakota State has an NBA prospect. Um, mm. Name is Blake. I can't pronounce the last name, but he's a, he is a, a analytics darling. Like sometimes I'll mess around with these different analytics and see. Is there a guy that's averaging twenty points, five rebounds, five assists, shoots forty percent from three? Just you know, put down these weird combinations of categories, and they have a player it's that Blake. that is on that list. Always Blake. Um, and then Iowa. I mean. If there is a, a chance for there to be like a Carmelo Anthony type story, it could be Keegan Murray in Iowa. And I actually have them going to the national championship game. Even though I'm from Nebraska mm. and Iowa's like the, you know, our next door neighbor that we can't stand. <laughs> but I have Iowa making a deep run just because Keegan Murray has been that dominant. Iowa versus who? And who do you have winning? I have Duke beating Iowa. Okay. So I'm, wow. I'm, I'm going for the, the big, uh, you know, the, the great, great coach <laughs> for you. Go rooting for the narrative yeah, for the good story. For the narrative. All right, yeah. Adam, what's, what's at the end of your bracket? I, I haven't even filled my bracket out. You were recording waiting, this on Wednesday. Waiting. I haven't even done it yet. I'm a procrastinator. I had too much NBA stuff, yeah. but I'll get to it tonight. But you I know, what's it. funny sure is that I'm going to have I my remember. guy, David Roddy going all the way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I had told Chad, I said, if David Roddy has a strong NCAA tournament, do not be surprised if he gets drafted in April in the NFL draft because some scout is going to (laughs) say, this guy is 6'5", like 250, with great feet. Okay, this is Antonio Gates (laughs) 2.0. So I love that. 
I love that. He's getting drafted, but to the NFL. What a take. Yeah, I mean, I, take. I would, I I would not. I mean, like Mark Vital from, from Baylor last year, similar 6'5", strong, athletic. Mark played for the – I think he played for the Blazers Summer League team, and now he's with the Kansas City Chiefs. And so – and then Roddy is more, like, fluid, and, 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 and so I just think, like, man, somebody's going to look at him and say, either you're a tight end or we're going to need you to put three fingers in the dirt and go rush that quarterback because he <laughs> – I mean, he just has the, the, the attributes that – that yeah. NFL team would look for. Next, Aaron Donald. You heard it here first. Um, just to be copacetic, I've got Gonzaga over Houston in my final, just so that we have that on record. But uh, that's it okay. for today. That's a wrap. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you can listen, wherever uh, you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. Make sure to check Raphael out on the Locked on NBA draft podcast as well. Uh, as on Chad Ford's NBA Draft Big Board. You can find me over at Locked on Heat. Adam is over at Locked on Nuggets. Thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day.